Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And our topic for today is using digital to solve analog problems. Let's talk about the concept of digital twins for a second, which we have seen that in manufacturing world, uh, organizations, which of course make such products, use those physical products in the prototyping stage, they actually build a digital twin of sorts, and they use that for innovation to incrementally see how it's going to fare in in the real world and accordingly uh, make changes to it. So essentially, the whole digital twin concept is being around and it's been successfully deployed and adopted by companies. This topic was more to see if a similar concept could be picked up to tackle analog problems, which mean whether you talk about organizational effectiveness, you have workforce optimization, you got change management, you got cultural relevance, you got team effectiveness, you got cost control. All of these things are usually not put in the in the domain of what you will solve through digital, but we thought might as well see if digital can be stretched. The scope of what digital can help with can be stretched and that's why we're talking about if digital can be used to solve analog problems and why and how. So to that, and and I've invited Lutz Beck, who's the CIO of Daimler on the show. Hey, Lutz, how are you? Good, I'm good, morning. Very good, good morning to you, sir. So uh, so the, the topic, as you can see, is is connected to, to, to on both ends with what you do as a, as a company in terms of working on physical products. But at the same time, I'm talking also about the softer side of things. What do you think is the possibility of even envisioning simulation of what you're trying to do with your company, your culture, your team, and make and work on it before you actually go and make those big sweeping changes, which could be damaging in some cases and prevent all of that. The very reason why you do that in a manufacturing environment. Well, uh, let me let me say like that. I mean, digital um, has for me no limitation, right? This is uh, this is the big thing what we have. So there is no limitation in what we are doing, and we see that as you described, uh, using digital twins or using uh, virtual reality, augmented reality in the manufacturing area. So, um, and this is of course. Um, also applying for all the other business areas as well, where you try to some kind of simulate uh, topics uh, with the digital world. And uh, in terms of the team or organizational effectiveness, this is a big topic. And I mean, we can apply a lot of learnings out of the manufacturing area here, uh, where we're using digital, not just uh, for the digital twins, we're using digital uh, also in our warehouses, in our uh, assembly lines. Um, And this is helping 
basically to be more effective in the whole processes. One big example is, for instance, the whole digitalization of the training of uh, assembly line workers um, to help them basically to, to learn, first of all, the processes in the assembly line, and second of all, to simulate also with the learning um, how can we be more effective in uh, building trucks. So there is a lot of opportunities in there where we take examples out and connect them then to the real world and see how it works and simulate the whole process. So we have a lot of efficiency gains actually in the in the production line due to these programs which we are running there. And and see exactly to that point, what you just shared is the value proposition, and that's why companies are not holding back on using digital in such areas where you are able to simulate things far in advance, see where the inefficiencies could be removed and kinks can be removed, and then you're able to get a superior product without having unnecessary cost-related or workforce effort-related leakage. So it's, it's, it's a great concept, very well adopted, and life is good there. Now let's talk yeah, about I mean, what. Yeah, go ahead. Just, just, uh, just want to add here to what you said. Now, I mean, the, at the end of the day, you know, we we are looking always where we where we adding more value with technology. How can we add more value with the technology? And this is exactly the concept which we are applying. So basically, using the digital world, using the technologies which are uh, available, and see. Where is a big value add for the company? There is also topics where you say it's not uh, bringing any value for us yet. So we leave that out for the moment. But wherever we see a value, it doesn't matter if it's in organizational effectiveness, is it, is it in budget uh, topics, whatever, we try to use it. So with, with that said, how about us going into those interesting areas which are uh, related to, say, organizational effectiveness. Let's start there, right? So Mm -hmm. when people Mm -hmm. talk about organizational effectiveness, it's not just one thing. An organization becomes effective when you've got the right type of leaders driving whatever is being to be driven. Then you've got talent management and the organizational design. If we were to go ahead and first see what are the top challenges related to organizational effectiveness? And, and I've just shared the three areas in which it can be, or maybe there are more areas that I may not have covered. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. look at in the process of trying to solve those problems, where all can digital even be of use? When I say the word digital means rethinking of people, process and tools and leveraging whatever the new digital initiatives or digital technologies that exist. How can we use those to handle these soft problems? I use the word soft is because we have traditionally looked at leadership and talent management and organizational design, not in a bit and bite binary because we're dealing with humans. We've always seen them in a fuzzy manner. Mm -hmm. How can we solve these softer problems using digital, if at all? Um, well, it's a it's a big question, and I mean, I would I would take on your on your softer topics which you mentioned now. When you look at organizational effectiveness, if you look at leadership, talent management, organizational design, I would add one one component which is actually the key component uh, for being successful with digital, and that's the culture. So um, we we need to work uh, uh, hard on 
changing the culture within a company in order to make this digital concept successful. So it doesn't it doesn't help me, you know, if I'm using um, for let's say organizational effectiveness, uh, new technologies, new tools. But uh, when the culture is as such that uh, all what you bring in is not accepted and it's some kind of uh, taken uh, aside. So what we need to do is we need to work on the culture. So we we are <clears throat> working very hard uh, to change the culture to transform basically the organizational culture now um, using of course tools as well showcasing uh, what can be done with the with the technology and how it can be done but um um, you see it. I mean, look at talent management. If you look at talent management, how you do talent management nowadays is a completely different story, inclusive the hiring process. Right? We are not more. We are not more having these uh, traditional channels. Everything is digital now. Everything is online. Yeah, you're you're looking. You're scanning through the social medias. You're looking on LinkedIn profiles. You you're looking all over. Yeah, you have a complete different set of processes implemented. Now bringing that into place and making them successful is still depending on the people working on the topics. And this is something uh, where we're working on and looking at how we basically bring the people into these new tools. It's a bit easier because you have this comparison and everybody is actually digital because everybody is using a smartphone, everybody is using services on the phone. So people are in their private life using all of these topics. Um, it's just... Uh, a bit of a challenge still to to make that happen also in the in the organization as it's seen as disruption as it's seen also as some kind of fear or there is fear created what happened to my job uh, because I change everything now and uh, that's the reason why we work very pretty hard on the culture now to to take this fear away and say hey Try out, use that, um, use all the tools which are available. Bring in tools also where you maybe have some kind of uh, experience with from your private life, and then you adapt this one into the uh, organizational uh, business life as well. So we have a, a full package in there because I do believe we can use tools also in these areas which you mentioned, but as long as these tools are not accepted by the humans, we have a big issue uh, where we, even if we apply all the concepts and if we apply simulations and everything, what we want to do there, uh, it will not work. So, so that's a good point about, you know, you're trying to look at where the culture is and work towards getting that culture fixed. So like yeah. talent management or organizational and design, culture is also for many people a fuzzy uh, concept, if you will, because they're not able to pinpoint what areas that you have to fix in culture and how do you go about it. And that's why for most companies, culture remains a big issue. So now let's take, suppose we take culture as that uh, analog problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you had to fix that mm -hmm. culture means you have to somehow measure it, benchmark it and give it a, a current state snapshot define in a manner so that you know that from this level out of scale of one to 10, this is the element of culture which needs to uh, be improved because currently it's at number six. And then when you come mm -hmm. up with specific strategies, perhaps there could be ways by which 
the concepts of digital or the digital technologies or whatever else you do under the ages of digital could be deployed here so that I can come back in six months from now and say, because of this specific implementation of digital, I was able to move culture from num- a cultural element from number six on a scale of one to 10 to eight. Do you think we can do that in the first place? Do you think what I'm saying is Star Trek or science, like science fiction, or is it possible for us to make sure something like this can be done? Uh, I think it, it's, it, if you talk about culture specifically and then uh, basically uh, measure the change of culture uh, with tools or whatever, I, I think they're there. Uh, I, w- I would say you have certainly an impact from from technology on culture, right? Because things are changing. You you work differently. I mean, uh, uh, let's say introduction of emails years back, right? And and all that kind of things was of course changing the culture of a company, how uh, people collaborate, how people working right now with the chatbots and with everything else, even this is uh, changing more and more. But measuring that, that I say, hey, this is what I want to achieve and this is uh, how I get there on a cultural element would be very hard. I would I would see it definitely on organizational effectiveness. I would see it on, on talent management. It would be easier probably to do that already with the technology, with digital concepts. But uh, culturally, I think culture is developing over the time, right? And now digital is changing the culture. Measuring that, uh, how digital is changing the culture, it's a bit difficult. I'm Which not is sure fine. So, we, so, yeah, yeah. No, so, so Lutz, that's totally okay. And that's why it was an uh, interesting question in the first place. Can you uh, do something like that? And maybe uh, we no. should keep that aside. So let's come back to the specifics of, you mentioned organizational effectiveness-related elements or legs, which are, say, leadership development. Do you think you can improve leadership in a company by building a digital twin and thinking scenarios and see what's the impact it's going to be and not have unnecessary disruption in the company or negative morale because wrong type of leadership approach was tried? Do you think you can build a digital twin of that and try it and then make sure what's going to work with this particular organization and then deploy the real leadership changes? I think you you are able to do that. Yes, you can uh, you can deploy certain elements uh, of simulations there uh, to see what's what's happening. You have tools, technology available, which are helping you also to drive uh, business decisions, right? And uh, doing that with the technology will help also, or will impact the leadership as well and will go into the leadership development. So uh, I think, yes, there is possibility to certainly use digital also for leadership development and leadership behavior. So let's take these four areas, or at least the three areas that I mentioned earlier, leadership development, talent management, and organizational design, which are the legs to eventually get your organizational effectiveness to the next level. What all did you try to do leveraging digital to impact these areas and what was your journey like and what were the results? Well, uh, first of all, let me say the journey is not over yet, right? So um, I think uh, um, digital means also that we, are, that we are learning every day and that we are improving every day and that we apply new things every day. So this will not stop because technology is evolving much faster than we can apply it. So we need to, we need to basically work uh, towards uh, 
thinking more and more in there. And if you look at organizational effectiveness, um, there is a huge amount of examples which we implemented uh, in terms of process changes, in terms of automation of processes, in terms of simulations within the processes where you basically see how it's going. Also, uh, simulations, uh, just specifically, if you took, if you look at the uh, if you look at our world on the truck side, right, simulations of the behavior of uh, trucks in certain circumstances, environments, uh, and so on. So this can be all done. And uh, then you can run the simulations and you can look into how you can make that better or what can you do in order to improve the, the complete process afterwards. So there is an organizational effectiveness. There is a lot of examples which we have. If we look at the talent management, it's of course also uh, much, much uh, more digital at the, than it was before. You know, I mean, you're if you are looking proactively on the market, if you look for for talent on the market, you do it in a completely different way nowadays. You use uh, digital tools. You use. Uh, uh, stuff in the internet which you use out there where you look into and say, hey, how, how we have a specific problem, how we can now make sure uh, that we solve that problem. You can go on the uh, open source uh, community. You can give them a specific problem. And by doing so, we also look, of course, uh, which kind of talents we have in the open source community. So there is a complete different approach uh, <clears throat> nowadays out. And uh, this is helping us quite a lot because uh, um, if you give specific problems out and you have instead of maybe... 100 people, you suddenly have 1 million or 2 million or 3 million per working on a problem. This is, of course, helping us to solve the topics much faster than we did it in the past. Let's talk about change management. Every major shift that you make in your organizations, what it offers or what it stands yeah. for or where it wants to go, change management is what people work to make sure the organization morphs to your desired state. And it's invariably fluid, but still there could be some sort of benchmarking, some sort of a measuring. Do you think there are specific opportunities to make sure that change management goes as planned as much as possible by leveraging digital at strategic places? And if yes, what are those places where digital can really help the whole change management discipline? For the change management specifically that you say I'm using digital to 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 see the progress on my change management is that uh, the topic yes. you're so, looking so for? so think about it so suppose you're you're trying to come up with a new ways of making the company work or a division to yeah. work or you're transforming so that means the change management uh, it, it it involves changing the mindset of the people, changing the organizational structure, changing the way processes are, and all of that might have some issues with people rejecting the ideas, some people coming on board, and then whatever processes you thought it's going to work, it doesn't work when you actually apply it. So that all that could cause leakage, right? If, mm -hmm. if you actually try to do, and that's why change management initiatives are very expensive. Are mm -hmm. there ways by which... Anytime when you're going into any such change management initiative, 
you could apply digital to become as proactive as possible and almost simulate a change management initiative to say, if I do this, this is going to happen as, as you would have done in a digital twin situation and make the that particular change management initiative as predictably uh, successful as possible. I would love to do that, to be honest with you. Um, but um, uh, as as you said rightly, I mean, we, we are dealing with uh, uh, personal interests. We are dealing with people. Uh, on the change management front and um, rationalizing that and, and basically simulating what people are thinking. It's going to a certain extent. You can basically, based on your data, which you have from the past, uh, you can you can figure out if a, if a certain initiative now, let's just say we are applying a new process in the in the manufacturing area, in the production plants, right? We are applying a new process. Now, if we have enough data, how this was done in the past, and then we can see, hey, which, which we can simulate to a certain extent. Uh, but I would not say that it's making me yet uh, to a point that I'm, whatever, 50%, 60%, 70% sure that this will work or will not work because I still have uh, to consider what the people are thinking about it. So, and this is something I can just calculate based on the past in a certain sense, but not 100%. So, it's from my point of view still uh, limited in a certain way because I still need to figure out how I can how I can deal with it. Of course, it's easier if you look at some kind of a retail business and or if you look at our e-commerce business because based on the past behavior, of course. I can I can more or less calculate what what kind of behavior a certain uh, customer is having and what kind of of um, parts he will order, what kind of parts he will order in a in a specific month or specific week. What is the behavior there? This is what I can do, uh, but I would not consider that yet uh, a change management within the organization. And so the goal was not to have it just like a binary, which is either fully successful or not at all. So which all areas within change management do you think you can be proactive about and leverage digital? And then the some areas, like you said, about when you're dealing with people, their whims and fancies, maybe that's not the area you can really impact. But if you were I mean, to maximize I, use of digital, where yeah. all would you use it? I would, I would wherever, wherever I have... Data in the background, which is helping me to simulate a certain thing, I think I can do it. Wherever you come to a point where you say, hey, there is also um, the people element in, right, which we cannot predict, um, it's coming to its limitations. So, so to that end, it should be intuitive for most companies, but they still take change management initiative as not an area where digital could be utilized. But do you think that's where the world is going now, where they are even partially, they are trying to get into any place where data is, let me leverage digital to churn some reports out and make decisions that way? Is that where the world is going? Of course. I mean, you're using, I mean, we all, I think we are living in a world where to where we all know that data is the key asset of uh, each of the companies which we have. And, of course, we need to leveraging um, uh, the key asset which we have in the world. So, and this is the data. I mean, everything, what you, what you create, I mean, if you look around, all the new business models, all the new services which are coming out are, are, 
based on data. Yeah, so this is the key asset which you have. So we we need to leverage in all different aspects, not just in terms of creating new services. You need to leveraging it also how you internally create more organizational effectiveness or whatever. So that's that's a big portion which we're doing, yes. Of course, very important, if you work with data, you need to consider all the different uh, legislations, regulations you have around that because this is an important topic uh, which we need to figure out and which we need to work on. I mean, we just uh, recently here in California, you had the CCPA coming up. Um, and uh, we are expecting more to come. So, of course, this is important. There, there is privacy, lo- privacy laws which we need to consider and which we consider, of course. This is the highest good you have. So uh, this is very important to do. But nevertheless, I think there is a lot of other data which you can use uh, in the different areas which you mentioned. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's get into the workforce development area. Because when we talk about people, while we know that there is a fuzzy side to people, but when you are about to deploy a set of people on a project, or you're trying to estimate that these are the number of people we will need, and also making sure that their workload and utilization levels are to be optimized, not maximized, so that there is no burnout there is a possibility of using data. So, Luch, as you said, wherever the possibility of data to be utilized for this, we should do it. But still we see, as initiatives are carried out, there is burnout, there is confusion, there is undocumented work, and there is not enough effort in many cases or not the right level of effort put in into developing our people so that they are ready for the next set of initiatives whereas there could be data that could be available here. So if you had to come out with your playbook to say, okay, I'm going to use digital wherever possible or to maximum extent possible and help build this workforce development function or improve this workforce development function so that we are always keeping our people ready and also have their morale high, what would you do? So please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, so let you know that people we are trying to utilize... And instead of calling them resources, we say nowadays that we want to call them assets, which they truly are. So for any initiative to be successful where people are involved, you want to make sure that they are kept ready 
where they feel confident that they have the skills, the background, and the experience to be able to take on some, some projects. And at the same time, you want their morals to be high, that they are not feeling they are burnt out or it's not going you know, in the same line as they wanted to grow their career because that's where an individual's development-related uh, desires are also be kept in mind, not just the corporate desires. So if you look at this space of making the people perform and be at the best they can be, what would you say are the opportunities and what have you tried to do in this regard? I mean, what you what you need to do as the first thing is basically you need to, to of course, look at all of the uh, individuals on the people side, and you need to make sure that you have a that you have a good understanding <clears throat> in terms of experience, skill set uh, on the people itself. Um, what we are doing a lot is basically, especially now on all the new technologies, we are training the people. We bring them up. We're looking into what is their past experience, know-how, and in which kind of positions now, looking into into the future state, they are actually fitting because they bring a lot of experience uh, with them already uh, so that we can train them on the right elements. So very uh, individual training plans to make sure people are going on to the new technologies um, and using and leveraging actually what they have as experience because this is very important. Um, if you have people with a lot of experience, it's helpful. Um, and, and if you combine that now with the new knowledge, right, uh, it's, it's value creating for the company. So what we did is we, we looked a lot into um, what we call workforce analysis where we looked into which kind of skill sets we have currently, which kind of skill sets we need in the future, and then you basically match uh, who is fitting into what? Of course, also asking uh, the people in which kind of areas they actually want to develop. Um, and there is, of course, a, a difference between uh, uh, the generations as well, right? Which you need to consider here as well, because I mean, especially now, if I if I look at the talents, the, the younger generation, um, a lot of them are more interested into the content of the work, um, and they are not necessarily sticking to one company. What they want is actually excitement and every day a new challenge um, when, they, <clears throat> when they are joining a company. So if this is not uh, challenging enough or if, if there is a one project which is interesting for them, for their uh, personal uh, life or for their for their career in a certain sense they just come in they do this project for one year for one and a half or two years and then they are leaving right and this we need to this we need to learn as well so we need to make uh, the topics which we are working on very attractive for the people um, so that they can have a learning in what they are doing and and this concept of course is if we are applying or this we can apply also to all the other uh, assets, if you as you said, uh, as well, because everybody is interested to learn and to to develop new things. So um, we we look into this people element quite a lot now to see also how we mix the teams, right? How we bundle, how we can maybe do some kind of a mentor menteeship uh, and a reverse mentoring. So you have on one side you have. Uh, a younger generation or, or less experienced people going into 
uh, a mentee role for specific topics, and then you have also uh, experienced people like myself also, uh, where uh, we go into a reverse mentoring. So I have uh, basically a mentor who is uh, teaching me about robotics and about uh, programming of uh, robots because it's just very interesting for me to see in order to uh, also uh, learn what is possible and what is not possible. Now, what you just mentioned is, of course, the right type of thing any organization should be doing so that people feel, even based on what you mentioned, as like different generations have different interests. Do you think we could plan this? Or is it more experimentation or sandboxing and see what where it takes us? Can you simulate that this type of person who we collect information about, about their interests otherwise, and then literally create a blueprint and see if this is done in this way, it's going to take us to an optimal growth and utilization of people while they, their morale stays high? Do you think you can simulate and, and build a digital twin of something like this yeah. and then deploy it? You can simulate the interests of people, right, based on all the information you have. Of course, you can find out what kind of interests uh, the persons are having and in which kind of positions you should put the people uh, in order to basically uh, let them perform good and all this, uh, have them motivated, all these kind of things. But I do not uh, think uh, we can simulate it in a certain sense like a digital twin that I say, hey, I have now one person and this is the digital twin of the person and now I know exactly. No, I, I don't think we can do that. And, and to be honest with you, I'm also a bit um, hesitant to do that because this is a very, this is an ethical question which we need to answer here as well. Uh, and and I do believe even if technology is coming to that point, we also need to apply ethics here uh, where we at a certain point stop Okay, so now let's talk about the issues that we feel in cost control. That's not new, right? People always mm -hmm. want to control cost, and, and that's in a way one of the first things any organization has been trying to do forever. Do you mm -hmm. think we could create a digital twin on all areas where we have costs and start simulating that if I reduce this cost by this percentage means if I cut this much from here, this much from here, then it's going to lead us to where we want and it is not going to create a negative impact because sometimes as you may have realized that if you cut down to the bones certain areas, you know, over, over uh, cutting the costs, it can have a detrimental impact. But then we realize only after we have done so. Do you think we can mm -hmm. get proactive in the cost control and related outcome, related simulation, and once we feel that this is the right level of cost cutting or right level of cost control, then we deploy it? For specific areas um, in manufacturing, I would say yes, we can do that. We have concepts in place and we're working on concepts where you basically see what a certain cost uh, elements are doing and how uh, if we apply 
specific measures what what is happening there i think we we can do that for specific areas already and um it will be certainly possible to do that in future for more, more areas uh the more data you have there um to control that in a complete different way and do also um budget programs somehow or 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 plan your budgets in a complete different way uh, in the future. Yes, I think uh, this would be possible. And which all areas would you recommend if somebody were to go there? Um, well, I mean, look, manufacturing is certainly a key area um, <clears throat> because especially here, um, if you look at production areas, right, uh, there is a lot of uh, people working on that and, and cutting, okay, can we take another dollar out here can we take another ten dollars out here what will happen so in this area we can apply it because with the simulations when you have enough uh, data to simulate everything here there is a lot of possibilities that you say if you take that down for another ten dollars this will not work it will have a negative impact uh, on the output for instance uh, so there is areas where you can really apply it because this is the the first area where you of course have a high impact if your production is impacted Okay. So so now if you were to think about all the different places where we have to do innovation, right? Something new. And mm-hmm. that means you have to spend some money into new innovation. But sometimes, as you may have seen, even as a CIO, you may have tried to do is to say, can I cut costs somewhere else and repurpose that cost into innovation? Okay. Do you think yeah. those kind of things can also be brought in? into the same mix yeah. so you are not just looking at cost control for the sake of cutting costs but actually to support innovation and you can show a much better business case to the uh, to the management because you've got yeah. numbers in front of you and you've leveraged digital for it. Uh, I think here it's very important to come back to this uh, topic of uh, value creation, right? Now, what what we specifically do here is basically we... We look at the value which we are creating with new initiatives, with new projects, with uh, digital projects, whatever. And then we see, okay, if this value is really coming also for the company. So there is a lot of uh, control what's, what's really happening. Yeah? If you say, hey, I have a, an analytic uh, project, a big data project where I'm saving uh, – with all what I'm doing there, let's say five million US dollar for the company, right? Um, so what we created is basically that I say I need to showcase to the organization that it's value adding what we're doing, and then I take a portion out of what I saved or where, what I gained as organizational effectiveness or whatever. I take a portion out of that 10, 15, 20%, whatever, and then I repurpose this budget into new digital initiatives. So this is the way how it should be done because then you not just try to um, run digital initiatives via cost cuttings where you say I need to cut here and here in order to do that. Uh, then you run them in a completely different manner, which is always value-based and value-creating and not uh, depending on the cost-cutting. So you have a cost-cutting element, which you have on your, what I call, digital foundation, which is your backend. And then you have, in all the digital initiatives, always looking at the business cases, control the business cases and say, okay, 
instead of the uh, anticipated 5 million, I just have 4 million. Okay, I get 10%. Now I don't have the 500,000. I just have 400,000 because I just have 4 million. So this is the way how we are working on the topics because this is a, a very, from our point of view, a very uh, healthy way to do it uh, without going into too much of a cost cutting. So what all you just suggested, this is how I'm assuming any seasoned leader like you would have done even pre-digital. What do you think um, do to leverage digital to go to the next level of accuracy and effectiveness in the way you do your math? I mean, what you leverage digital here in this process is basically to say, do I do I really gain what I'm what I was having in my business case? I do I do believe uh, in a lot of industries, you know, we did a lot of business cases, but we we were not really looking at the outcome afterwards, right? Now, um, what you can do with all the control we call it control tower, uh, which is uh, digitalized, you can basically look into is that value really coming or is it not coming, and then based on that, do that. So the transparency of what you're achieving is much higher using tools. You know, I'll take an interesting area related to something like security, right? Now, Mm -hmm. security may or may not be part of your group, but as an organization, it's becoming very important. And you can keep spending money on security, and you could not always know whether you'll stay afloat or you will not be breached. So Mm -hmm. when someone is going to make an investment like that in the areas where they can, and they're primarily the security leaders working with IT leaders uh, predict that if we do ABC in terms of taking uh, measures, we are reducing risk by X. But that is more subjective. And that's why it is tough to stomach by the management. Can we do something where you're predicting risk, like you predict profitability? You could predict risk, but it's supported by data versus an individual or a security team's hunch so that we are able to keep the the business secure while we are doing so many things for cutting costs and or for uh, growing the business through innovation. I would I would say you can predict risk in specific areas, but I would not apply that on security. Okay, and because what would this, you say? This, that? Is, this is a very this is a very complex topic, and and I mean, I, I would I would I would not be able to do that to be honest with you. Uh, even though you might have measures in place and so on and so on, I, I would not do that for for other risks. You know, you can you can uh, um, on an infrastructure side, you if you have risks and it's not related to security, uh, that's topics where you can look into and where you calculate and where you can do a lot of topics. But security is for me a bit of a a, a separate topic which needs to be tackled completely differently. Okay, so so now coming back to uh, the the type of people that we deal with, and it, it, it frankly humans become the the interesting people who would become a catalyst, or they could become the dampers. So if you had to use digital to your benefit as a management uh, person and or a leader, how yeah. all you could use 
digital to get the people to become the best they can be? Well, I mean, if you if you have, you know, if you can, um, as I said before, right, if we are looking into workforce analysis and if you are looking into training programs, if we are looking into effectiveness of people, I mean, this is all in a certain way digitalized already, right? So uh, we can we can give the people KPIs and, and measure uh, their performance uh, in specific ways, Um in and also digitalized ways, um, which is helping us to give us a certain hint on specific people. We can we can hire people based on their profiles, which you find, of course, all over uh, in LinkedIn, in other in other social media channels. So um, there is a lot of things uh, which you can do. Uh, still, I think as a leader, you need to be aware of uh, the the. The people itself, right? There is still a very personal component which is not digitalized, um, where you need to talk with people, where you need to communicate, where you need to uh, have direct interactions with the people. And this is not going away uh, with the digitalization. I mean, analyzing, um, bringing the strength out of people. I mean, especially in the if you look at uh, sports, right? If you look at uh, uh, racing, you see that uh, very good on that one because uh, it's incredible what they do with the data there, right? They they track every movement of a, of a race driver. They're looking exactly what the driver is doing. Uh, each each part of the track, they know exactly, and then they say, "Hey, your behavior was like this." And if you if you change that, if you break, for instance, one second later or two seconds later, it will give you another uh, improvement on your lap time and all this kind of things. This is, of course, good, and you can do that. On the other side, there is still a very human topic in there, which is the the interaction with the person, uh, talking with the person, also giving confidence to the person. Person, and this you cannot digitalize. So this is something else which is there. But I saw that actually on the raising uh, quite uh, obviously, and this was uh, a big learning for me uh, when I learned that how they are how they are doing and how they are improving the time uh, the the lap times uh, slowly by really analyzing each of the movements of the driver and knowing exactly uh, also combining that with the car. So this is quite interesting, and I think you can apply that concept also in other areas with all the movements, but still there was, after talking also to the drivers, a very personal component in there as well, where was the motivation, which was more on the direct interaction. You know, when we talk about digital, they say that digital is not typically to be used and leveraged just by thinking inward. In fact, partnerships with our value chain partners, because mm-hmm. it takes a village to serve the customer. That means that village could have other partners working alongside you. And they are not the same people. They're not the, they are not part of your company, so you have only influence. You don't have control over them. When you are looking at building an ecosystem of entities with people working within them and you want all of them to come together and make that ecosystem effective so it moves the business forward, would you think there would be opportunities for digital to play a role there? Because typically you'll have supply chain management and or procurement Mm -hmm. dealing with those partners. But what they do Mm -hmm. on a given day, how motivated are they? How 
cost efficient are they so that overall the cost to delivering the service to a customer uh, becomes the lowest, the, the type of experience we deliver to the customer is the highest. That, that is some, that's an area of opportunity, area of growth. But since they are partners, you don't control them. You can only request them or motivate them. Can digital help there? Yes, of course. Of course, can uh, digital can help there. And, and uh, you're right. I mean, you need to motivate. You you, you can ask uh, them to, to help there. But, you know, I think there is a win-win situation for, for um, if you look in the supply chain, there is a win-win situation for everybody when you are connecting, when you're integrating that with tools um, where you basically have uh, know exactly what kind of capacity a specific robot can do. You know exactly when there is an issue, then you notice exactly what is the impact on the supply chain itself. So uh, there is a huge benefit for both sides when you're doing that and integrating the supply chain. So this is a, a topic where we're working towards as well because it's giving us insights, but it's giving also the suppliers insights. And this is helpful for both parties to also uh, uh, save costs for specific topics which we have in there. Now, when we are looking at the managers who are taking care of the people who are on the front line delivering, they mm-hmm. also need coaching because most people either are demotivated or they don't, uh, they actually leave the company when they have bad managers. So one is to say, you're, you're going to have some leaders who are going to coach or mentor some managers and we leave it at that. Could there be a way by which you build that layer of people who are management people, but you make them turn into self-leaders and leaders so they do the best they can so the people who are actually delivering on the front line, they can become the best they can be? I mean, can digital the help goal, them? Right. <laughs> this should be the goal, right? I mean, this is this is uh, this is the this is the leadership, right? I mean, uh, uh, as a leader, you need to you need to to deliver value day every day for the company, right? And you need to deliver with, deliver the value with the group of people who work for you, and you need to deliver with also everybody who is in the organization, or as you said now rightly, with partners, right? So you you need to do that. And um, I'm with you, this uh, requires a different leadership skill because you need to think much more holistically than you maybe did in the past. You cannot just think in your silo anymore. You need to go out and look at the whole value chain. You look at the whole process. So, I mean, the ideal goal is, of course, that you have leaders which are having this uh, motivation to change into that role and and giving this... uh, motivation, this commitment, and uh, this um, enthusiasm also to their people so that they create some kind of a performing team, uh, which is at the end of the day then also a winning team. And important is to work uh, uh, together in the company to achieve that. So a clear cut for us is here, uh, one team, best team. So uh, we are all in one team. Uh, We we are working towards high-performance culture and high-performance organization. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thanks so much, Lutz, for sharing your insights and experience about how you have worked on using digital to solve analog problems and help become yourself a good leader as well as bringing other people who are working with you and reporting to you to become leaders so everybody wins in the process. So thanks so much. Thank you very much as well. 
And listeners, hope you enjoyed it. Please like us on first, uh, Facebook, search for CTN, and be sure, sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Please uh, uh, do go ahead and follow a lot of different places where our podcast exists. Uh, so please go ahead, subscribe, and rate and review us so that more people discover and benefit from what we do. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. 